covering all your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast with Zach Heilman and Jim Bernier. I'm coming home, I'm coming home, tell the world I'm coming home, let the rain wash away all the pain of yesterday, I know my kingdom awaits, and they've forgiven my mistakes, I'm coming home, I'm coming home, tell the world I'm Hey, everybody. My mic's been muted. You probably thought I was doing something weird or that I was uh, clearly not on the same page as you. But welcome in, fans of the 50-yard fight. I'm glad I can do this now in the entirety. That's my fault for muting the mic. But we got a show going. And obviously, I pumped myself up, ready to go. Yeah, I know. That's better. Thanks, John Quinn. I'm going to share that one because, yeah, I I think it is better to have you hear my voice. Uh, You also are glad that you got to see and hear that awesome hype video because, honestly, I got so hyped up, I didn't even hit on my mic. Bob my head behind the scenes and all that jazz. I was ready to go. Now I'm going to bring on my buddy who's laughing at me behind the scenes yeah. in Jim Bernier. Doing this like crazy. I like, know, I know. You did that for about three minutes. Everyone on here is probably going, well, this is a great start. Production value off the charts. He has no microphone. <laughs> just, just what a professional. This, like- but no what i was trying to tell all of you out there is yes we have a great show coming up for you today episode 110 nal rebound week 10 as well bringing you all the things from this week but we're gonna before we jump into all of the recaps we got a great discussion we have across across the board on our page you might have just seen it on the shark social media uh you might have been seeing it teased on this gentleman's own social media and uh he has arrived back we're going to bring him on in here like we were talking about. It is the man himself, Uno, Devin Wilson, joining us. Receiver DB, Ironman extraordinaire for the Jacksonville Sharks. He 
has just gotten re-signed and brought back on for the Jacksonville Sharks, and he's going to kick things off this week. Hey, Devin, it's good to see you, man. Obviously, you laid a little bit through my uh, my own microphone fumbles, but that's okay. You're on the show now. You're here. How has it been for you? How's preparations been for you? And, uh, you know, welcome back to the NAL. <laughs> good to see you back in. Always glad to have a top-tier talent back in the league. Yeah, um, thanks for having me, uh, first and foremost. Uh, no, nah, it, it feels great to be back, um, you know, with a, a top-tier organization. Um, you know, yeah, it's it's been a while. Uh, it definitely has. Uh, but um, everything happens for a reason. And, uh, you know, I, I'm excited to be here. Uh, I'm excited to be a part of a, uh, an amazing team. Uh, had the opportunity to, to meet with some uh, some of the guys today. Um, some of them, you know, I've kind of known from uh, relationships in the past, but no, nah, I'm excited, you know, to, um, you know, to help help this team, help this organization, uh, you know, try to get another championship. And, uh, you know, as the guys would like to say, uh, you know, we're uh, ring chasing. <laughs> well, hey, look, I think that the I think the goal to get back is certainly on the minds of many Sharks fans. And uh, honestly, you know, I'll lead in with this question. I mean, you're joining a roster that, you know, right now, uh what can we even say? I mean, highest scoring offense in the league. You can definitely make a pin that it's definitely the most productive offense right now in the NAL. For yourself, I mean, you're coming in, you know, it's a little later in the year. Obviously, circumstances uh, help had some say in that. But, you know, how do you feel with coming in now going, all right, uh, how do how do I put myself in a situation where I am best to fit into what this is going on with a team that already is hot? How, how do you adjust to that right now? Yeah, you know, um, you know, talking to Coach Gibson over, um, you know, um, about that and everything, uh, you know, he has a plan in place. Uh, you know, I, I leave that up to to the guys that, you know, make the big bucks, you know, the, the coaches and, you know, and, and let them figure that out. You know, my job is, you know, to come in and, uh, you know, to be a, a first and foremost, you know, a great teammate um, and, you know, to uh, play play ball. Um, you know, I – I think I've pro proven that, uh, you know, I, um, you know, know a few things about uh, arena football and, uh, you know, I'm just trying to help these guys out uh, however I can, um, you know, uh, if that's in practice, uh, if that's in the games, if that's on offense, if that's on defense, if that's on special teams, whatever it might be. Um, and two, you know, to try to, you know, pour some of my knowledge into some of these guys that may not have so much of the, uh, arena experience you know some of these guys have uh, unbelievable talent you know um, I mean you've been watching them all year uh, you know guys you know running past people guys going over people uh, it doesn't matter you know they, they, they they've been getting it done uh, all, all in all different ways so I'm just trying to you know add to it a little bit um, and you know whatever coach needs me to do and the team needs me to do you know that's what I'm kind of here for well without a doubt I mean we already know you're going to be able to play both ways you did it last year very well at the top tier level as we saw so we're excited to see that jim i know you've been chomping at the bit pun totally intended obviously uh to get to talk to Devin here i mean uh and correct me if I'm wrong you two ran into each other uh, earlier today anyway kind of as let's just call it Devin's introduction back anyhow in in the duval county well we we met well, we've been talking online for a couple of weeks. Um, Devin's been doing his little countdown, like, 
And every time I ran into Devin in the offseason during each home game, like, so any news, and he gives me the same. It's like, well, we'll see where it goes. And back in my head, it's like, there's only one place he's going. Like, literally, I can't see him in any other jersey. Well, besides the Maine Mammoths. You're going to Maine? Already- <laughs> going back to Maine. Um, but honestly, you're as a football player, this is the league that you basically led all stats until this year. You were number one in everything as a receiver and having 10 weeks on the sideline. Now you're finally getting to play. How hard is it just being on the sideline for 10 weeks going, I need to get out there. I need to go get some reps. How hard was it this past 10 weeks or from week, what, nine, nine from last year? So it's been a while since you've set foot on an NAO field. Yeah. Um, no, it, you know, not going to sit here and lie or anything like that. It's definitely been tough, um, you know, through this um, times, uh, trials, you know, whatever you want to kind of refer them to. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, kind of like I said on, uh, you know, the Shark Light show earlier, um, it's allowed me to reset, you know, in a way to, you know, give some focus back to some different things in my life that might needed to be focused on, um, you know, through this time as well. Um, you know, I was able to uh, kind of, you know, focus on some of my mental health as well uh, with my psychologist, you know, Dr. Roberts. Um, and she's been uh, honestly, you know, the MVP through this entire thing um, because, you know, she's kind of helped me uh, put a lot of things in perspective and uh, helped me with uh, my point of view moving forward in life. Uh, so, you know, I, I mean, you know, I, I'm here. I'm ready to roll, uh, you know, seeing these guys do what they do. Uh, at an all-time high, uh, like they've been doing it. I mean, like you said, I mean, these guys have been scoring up and down the field, left and right. I mean, anybody that has any type of, you know, competitive nature into them, they're, they're like, man, I want to be a part of that, you know. And, uh, you know, that's why I'm kind of here. You know, I, I want to be a part of that. You know, I want to be a part of something that they have going on special. Um, you know, Coach Gibson kind of leading the way with that. Um, you know, the guys, some of the, uh, you know, veterans and captains of the team being the, uh, in the uh, forefront of that. So, yeah, I'm just I'm just here to be a part of something special and, uh, you know, something that's going to be, uh, you know, go down in history, uh, hopefully uh, at the end of it all. And I'm just, you know, hopefully adding something to it that can help. You know, it's, last year, no, and nothing to take away from Marvell Nelson, but you, know, you had a great talent in him last season. You got to play alongside now this season. You get to play along a guy that, you know, just as much delivered the punches on the opposite side for you in Sam Castronova. Um, what what do you how does it feel to get a talent like that? You know, you've played with a lot of talented QBs, obviously, in this league, but I mean, how's it feel to play with a guy that, you know, is a do-it-all, can kind of give you that magic to kind of open up for you, or you can open up a spot for him because he's got that mobility. Yeah, no, nah, it's um it, it's kind of, you know, it's it's crazy how everything worked out in the way it has. Uh, you know, this all season, um, you know, during the um, um, suspension and everything, I, I was fortunate enough to get a, a workout with the XFL. Well, one of the quarterbacks nice. that was one of the quarterbacks that was there was was Sam. And, uh, you know, when we started doing uh, reps and we actually did some one on ones, Sam was the first. It was the way that it lined up that Sam ended up being this person that I had to go with. And, uh, you know, we just kind of look, we just kind of looked at each other and was like, man, you know, and he was like, what do you want to run? And I asked him, I was like, what do you want me to run? And, uh, I think it was like a dig route or something like that. And, uh, you know, he ran, it was one-on-one ran it, beat the guy. He threw the ball, caught the, caught the ball, you know, a good completion. So, you know, it, it's, um, 
it, it is kind of cool to be able to have a guy like that, though. You know what I'm saying? That is experienced, uh, not only experienced in the game, but experienced in when it actually counts, you know, in the second season in the playoffs. Um, you know, a, a championship quarterback uh, with a championship pedigree, uh, that actually helps. And, you know, if you have that on your side, you're always going to be in the game. Nice. Well, you've played with many championship quarterbacks in your career. Bain, Faithful, um, Fleming, were you with uh, the first year? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so you've been – Arvell last year, even though we didn't win a championship, Arvell did put up some massive numbers, and he's doing that again this year in San Antonio. Um, as a player, 10 weeks out, no, watching everybody, what's your opinion about the league so far based on – your your the, the brothers that you play on the field with like Arvell in San uh, San Antonio or Bain down of Orlando we'll talk about him um, about your colleagues what's what's your overall opinion about the level of competition in AL as of right now uh you know I think uh first and foremost I think you know the NAL is doing a great job of you know um, promoting itself um you know uh great talent all the way around you know you look you look around the league up and down um some rosters have a little bit more than others um but you know uh some very talented guys around here um you know you even see you know in 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 albany um you know with a former player mo leggett now taking over as the head coach you know i i think you know some people might not look at that as as a big thing but i think that is you know a, a guy that has you know kind of paid his dues you know not only in this league but has played in you know uh the nfl you know cfl and uh you know now he can kind of you know take his you know what he thinks of what it might look like or as a player standpoint and apply that to like the front office um you know everywhere around you know you, you see guys making plays i mean you got malik henry throwing 10 touchdowns a game you know you got um, Arvell doing what Arvell does, you know, you, you got, uh, Cato, you know, when, when Cato's on the field, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, is he not leading the league in touchdown passes right now? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you got, you got Jonathan, Jonathan Bain that, you know, yeah, he's had a kind of a carousel this year of places that he's kind of been, but this man is a, is a warrior, you know, and he's kind of been doing what he's been doing. Uh, and then, you know, look, look here in, in Jacksonville, you know, you had coach Gibson comes in, he, 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 you know, you don't really come in with a big name quarterback guy to start the season. You know, Connor comes out here, te- tears it up. Unfortunately, he gets hurt. You know, then you can bring, you know, Eddie Brill comes in and, you know, really with no experience, you know, almost leads the team to, you know, to a victory. Um, and then you, and then you add Sam and, uh, you know, with everything kind of going on this year up there, you know, uh, it's unfortunate for anybody to lose a job to get, you know, fired, released or whatever. But, you know, as they might say, in some cases, one man's tr- uh, trash is another man's treasure. So, you know, uh, I, I, you know, I, again, I hate that some things happen like that and people lose their jobs. But I'm kind of fortunate that it did happen that way because now, uh, you know, I'll be fortunate enough to catch a few uh, balls from them, hopefully. So, uh, you know, I think the league's moving in the right direction and hopefully it can keep growing. Yeah, I, I, I love that you bring up the talent because I think that is the better conversation to have than some that have been going on, obviously, that we could talk about. I'm not going to bring up on here because it gets old. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, it has been an excellent year to see some guys just kind of starring in this league, you know, one way or another. Uh, and I can't wait to see how the league season ends and where we go from here, you know, especially just 
I mean, the playoffs are going to be, or at least the seeding for the playoffs are going to be tightening without a doubt. I do want to get into this question that I think that obviously uh, is a one that many, I think, are going to ask or at least are curious about in the Sharks fandom and why, who better to bring up than Skylar Lane himself. So Marvin Ross obviously is wearing number one. Uh, perfect time to ask, what number are you wearing? Are you getting one back? Uh, what what's, uh, what's the choice? Yeah, so, um, yeah, man. Um... You know, Marvin's been been you know first and foremost he he's a, a leader of this team, uh, a captain. Um, you know, uh, and not only that, you know he he's he's you know from from Jacksonville. Um, you know, Mar- Marvin's going to stay Marvin's going to stay in one this year. You know, he he's been leading the team and been leading the defense, and uh, you know he's going to continue to do that. And hopefully, I can you know help with that. Uh, you know, maybe with a little Jack play or something there. You know, maybe if Coach Gibson wants to sneak me in at a little DN, you know, I maybe I could get my oh. you know Von Miller on, get a little you know sack or something like that. Uh, but nah, you, you know, uh, I'm gonna go to I'm gonna wear 11 this year. Um, you know, uh, it's a number I wore in college. Uh, but also um, in in honor of Bain, you know, Jonathan Bain, you know, that's a, a, a brother of mine. Um, you know, it's unfortunate, uh, you know, the injury that he had uh, and everything like that. But, you know, I want to kind of let him know that, um, hey, man, you know, praying for you. And, uh, you know, hopefully I can win this, you know, for him uh, this year and some, you know, other people that I'm kind of playing for. But, yeah, I'll be wearing 11 this year. Great tribute. We're definitely, I think, that speaks not only to, you know, for us here, but I think the rest of the NAL community, that was one thing we'll be uh, continuing to rally behind is, you know, just get support for him and how he progresses. Um, it was good to hear, you know, hear about a successful surgery this past week, you know, right. of all things. So that was great that the updates were in a much favorable light. So, you know, I think a good tribute tribute there, all things considered. And he's uh, definitely been through the ringer this year, um, without a doubt. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, can't even... <laughs> Can't even fathom that enough, you know, between injury, multiple different teams, two different leagues, wild journey. But yeah. Right. Definitely. And, and I would love to see him on the field. Wilson I would love to see him on the turf again after if we could have had that chance, you know. And Wilson played with him in Maine, who was one of the most dangerous teams in the second half of the season in 2018. Uh, they kicked everyone's behind, just ran out of games. Then they come here. He comes here with uh, Fuller, came here. In 19, and they, him and Faithful tag teamed for a championship. And Wilson was a part of Maine, him, Soul. Dang, I can name the whole team. I don't want to. The, the, <laughs> the, the, this episode's not long enough for that. Um, but, 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 to that, but to that point, though, you know, you, you, you're talking about that team, right? 2019 mm-hmm. and uh, a championship caliber team, definitely, uh, you know. Honestly, maybe one of the best arena football teams possibly ever uh, put together, um, you know, but we'll let, you know, you guys, uh, you know, argue that. But, you know, if you look at that roster and you look at this roster now that the Sharks have, you know, it's somewhat very similar. You know, if you look at the talent from top to bottom, um, you know, if you look at the depth from top to bottom from I know the game back then was a little bit different where it was true. I don't want to say true arena football, but it was, you know, you're going one way. Uh, here it's a little bit more Iron Man, so you got guys playing both ways. Um, but I, I, you know, again, I, I'm just from the outside looking in. Um, very similar, you know. I, I see those rosters looking very, uh, very, very similar. So, um, you know, and hopefully we'll have a very similar uh, outcome. Mm-hmm. I know I'll be very happy if that happens. Um, so the nickname has always been Uno for you. 
now it's Onse or Double Uno. Which one do you want to go with? Man, you know, uh, Onse, you know, Double Uno, whatever. You know, hopefully at the end, uh, it'll be three-time champ. You know, that's that, that's more so than anything that I'm kind of looking forward to. You know, the names, the nicknames, you know, I'm going to leave that kind of up to you guys. Um, you know, uh, I, I have kind of said, you know, uh, since this time of, you know, kind of figuring out where I'm going to be and, uh, you know, coming back and everything like that, I'm just here to make plays. I'm here mm -hmm. to, you know, do what, um, you know, what I've kind of, done um you know uh my reputation kind of you know has one for itself and my play and i kind of hopefully to uh hold up to that if not surpass it you know uh this offseason for me has been a little bit different than some of the other guys on the team or on these teams um you know because i've had a little bit of longer time so you know that's allowed me to get ready a little bit more uh you know and um you know i'm looking forward to coming into the second half of the season you know with a playoff run um fresh legs whatever you want to call it and uh you know maybe try to um you know just add a little spark not really saying they need it or anything like that but you know just being me and hopefully just adding to it well see you make a good point i mean a lot of nal fans bring up that and we know this too we see these club we see a lot of these clubs they look for the signings that are the stretch run players the guys that give that that last oomph or that like playoff push type of deal so you're kind of uh, being brought on. It, in a way, it feels like you are kind of being brought on. Is that hey, look who the stretch run player is this year? It's Devin Wilson this time around. I do want to bring up a few comments. Uh, your boy Zach Brown here. Glad to see you back in. Uh, says I'm glad my dog's back in the league. League just got better again. And uh, I got another one. John Quinn. Welcome back, Devin. Wish you came to Greensboro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, a few people probably do, you know, um, and, and to that point, you know, a lot of the teams and stuff that reached out to me, um, you know, um, I do appreciate, you know, you, uh, you know, um, appreciate my talent and everything like that and what I can, you know, could bring uh, to your team and organization. Um, but, you know, like I said, too, from the beginning, um, I've always wanted to be here in Jacksonville. Um, you know, there's really no place really like it around the league. You know, if you really look at it, uh, fan base, you know, seven, eight thousand people, you know, hopefully we could get that up a little bit higher. You know, Shark Nation, let's try to put 10, you know, 9,000, whatever it can be. Let's try to, you know, fill it up, especially for these last couple of home games and, you know, uh, you know, playoff push. You know, hopefully we can uh, keep the seating. If not, uh, get higher, you know, get a home playoff game. If not, try to host the championship. So, uh, you know, and, and, and that's just another thing within itself. You know, the fan base here is unbelievable. Um, what how they, they, The energy they give you to want to play. Not saying that you don't get that in other places, but it's it, sometimes it, you can turn on a game and see that you're not going to get that in other places. You know what I'm saying? And as a player, as somebody that might sometimes feed off of that, uh, they might want to try to, you know, because we are entertainers at the end of the day. You know, we got to put on a show and everything like that. And that's what makes the league successful by putting on a show. And it's hard to put on a show when there's only 100 people there. So, uh, Truth. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, you know, it, it's the Shark Tank is one of a kind. If you've never been here, uh, I would definitely tell you to take a visit to it. Um, you know, if 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 you got a, a Monday off coming up on the 26th, you know, you could definitely come to that home game, you know, Star Wars night. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure they're handing out some lightsabers and stuff like that. So if you get there early, you might be able to get one of them. But, yeah, you know, uh, it's kind of one of those things, you know, 
when you look at around, you know, NFL, NBA, you know, MLB, there's certain stadiums and stuff that even in college football, you know, that you're like, I want to visit that stadium. I want to see that experience. The Shark Tank's one of those places. If you're an arena football person, you're going to want to see that experience. So uh, it's no place like it. Well, hey, 8,200 last weekend in the Shark Tank. I mean, that's easily one of the largest crowds we've had in recent recent memory. Uh, Largest, without a doubt, this season. Uh, Incredible atmosphere that was on camera as well. And as you can see, our our buddy here, Jay Washington, he's actually one of our buddies in the Discord we have too. Uh, That Monday night game's going to be a good one. It's against the Cobras. That's actually going to be two two of the top teams in the league playing each other, other, sister organizations as we reference them. So always love when those matchups are. Game of the week. Mm -hmm. Added on that too. It's just a lot of of pressure on Monday night football. There it is. (laughs) And Monday night arena football. We don't always get that, but we'll take it. Should be some fun times. Devin, I, I got more of a – this is a more of a random question because you got piqued my interest in our pre-show. Um, you, you got a puppy named uh, after your famous nickname, I understand. Yeah. Hold on, let me get him real quick because he's actually being uh, – Oh, so he's right there. I didn't know yeah, if he was he, in the room. <laughs> now, nah, he's been he's been kind of here the whole time. Uh, so this is Uno, uh, you know what I'm saying. Uh, he's kind of been with me through this, you know, times towards the back end of it and everything. Uh, as you can see, he's uh, he's excited as well. Uh, to be back uh so uh yeah no uh yeah he's uh you know uh 13 13 weeks as you can see he likes to chew on everything uh we call him a land shark right now as you can see he's kind of gray so he's kind of shark colors as well um you know so uh now this is my guy this is my guy though so uh yeah this is uh uno and this is his uh first uh first interview so uh you know hopefully we can get him some endorsements you know, or something like that, uh, or anything. But yeah, this is this is my guy right here. So yeah, he, you know, he's doing a solid job. Sins trying to chew off your shirt. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's him, man. Yeah, that's him. I got to keep my uh, shoes and stuff and, like, away from him, or he'll. he'll... <laughs> well, now yeah. you're gonna be a games a little more, so a little uh, tougher. Can't get, but you'll be good now. <laughs> you're right, right, definitely, definitely. I need these cleats. <laughs> <laughs> Devin, it is. Uh, it's been great to give you a chat here. We're glad to see you back in the league, uh, Jim. Anything else you like to ask of Devin before we move on? Move on to kind of giving all the recaps and thoughts. Especially, I mean, hey, Devin brought it up. We're 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 psyched to talk about that ten touchdown game Malik Henry had this past week. I mean, you don't see that often. So no. over eight hundred yards of offense too for Carolina that game. There's wow. some intriguing games this past weekend that we need to discuss. And of course, when we'll, when we get to the Orlando game, we will be talking about Jonathan Bain and about mm-hmm. how the community is actually reaching out to help him. So we'll have all the information for that later in the show for uh, Jonathan Bain um, from what happened in the Orlando game. But Devin, really not last question, just more of a go win the whole thing, please. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I know Albany's next this is this shark week. This is coming shark out, eh? this is, uh, I know Albany's this week, and last time a Sharks playing up in Albany, we have a bad memory of that. Um, get the dub, come home, and get the dub at home. Uh, hopefully the boys out west hiccup so we have home field in the tank because you've been pl- you played in one I've been there ten thousand plus of the championship game in 2019. The tank is where it's at during the postseason. Of course, your buddy Zach Brown, I guarantee you, is uh, going to make a comment too about Greensboro as usual. But again, that's Zach Brown, <laughs> the one man band. Um, but anyways, Devin, uh, 
go win the whole thing this year, man. Just do it. Like the fan, the Jackson's fan base is, uh, I don't know, three years is kind of a drought for us for winning championships. So <laughs> yeah, oh, we're, not, we're not used to like, oh, we missed a playoff. Oh, we missed losing. No, we're losing. We're used to holding trophies. So we're right. not like the organization across the street. We actually win championships in this sport. Yeah, now, now that's kind of the plan. You know, like I said, uh, you know, uh, got the opportunity to, to, to speak with some of the guys today uh, and everything like that, kind of be around them. And, you know, that that's that that's that's the motto. You know, we're ring chasing. You know, uh, you know, some of these guys have, have played, uh, you know, in the championship games and stuff like that. And there's some that haven't. So, you know, everybody kind of has something that's motivating them to push them there and get them there. And I think when we all kind of uh, combine those together and understand that in the end of the day we have the that we have the same common goal. You know, I, I think we got a pretty good chance. You know, Coach Gibson's leading the way. Um, you know, with everything he's doing. Um, you know, I haven't really had too much time to spend with him. You know, uh, yet I'm looking forward to it. You know, I obviously been on the opposite side of him for years. Uh, you know, trying to go against him. You know, seeing how he coaches how he does you know how his offense works how his defense works so i'm very intrigued and uh you know i think the organization has the right guy in place uh to lead us and uh you know hopefully this isn't you know the only championship that he brings to 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 do all you know hopefully it's a few more after this but uh you know one game at a time one day at a time uh you know brick by brick you know you keep building that foundation and eventually you're gonna have something beautiful so, uh, you know, again, that's the plan to bring a championship here. And uh, I think everybody's on that that same page. And, you know, hopefully we can get it done. Well, we certainly can't wait to see you hit the turf here uh, come this week. Obviously on the road, though, a little bit different. But, you know, you'll get back in the tank soon enough. We're just glad to have you back in the league. You know, always good to have a top-tier talent getting to hit the turf once more. Uh, and, uh, yeah, welcome aboard. Many people in the chat already saying, you know, glad to see you back. Going to be – can't wait to see you play, obviously. So, uh we're in the same boat, but thanks for, thanks for getting to join in. And, uh, Jay Wilson or Jay Washington right here, get that dog and on IL contract. <laughs> hey, if anybody, you know, anybody wants to, you know, wants to try to reach out, you know, uh, you know, uh, I think you can find my Twitter, you know, or, uh, you know, social media and we can get this done. You know, um, I thought about, you know, asking the team if I could run out with them for an intro, but, he might get too scared or something. So, but uh, but nah, man, I'm I, I'm I'm so excited. You know, I'm very excited to be back in the league. Um, you know, playing arena football. There's really nothing like it. Um, so, you know, uh, got practice tomorrow, and uh, you know, looking forward to um, adding some fuel to this fire. Yeah, early practice too. <laughs> Six a.m. Early, early, early bird gets the worm, man. Wow, wow, wow. Where they sleep and we working. So, you know, that, that that's how it is. All right. Well, hey, let's get some rest and, uh, yeah, get ready for that first game back. But glad to have you on. Wishing you the best and uh, hope we get to talk to you sooner rather than later next time around. Yes, sir. Well, thank you again for having me. And, uh, you know, Shark Nation, I appreciate all the love and uh, being back. And uh, <laughs> let's go do this thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. You hear him over. <laughs> Just making sure to sign off. Catch you, Devin. I'll see you guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. Devin Wilson, everybody, star receiver, Iron Man player for the Sharks, who is now officially re-signed with the Sharks coming off his 10-game suspension from from last year. Um, You know, like like we had talked, circumstances, they are in the past now. Um, He has made, made, you know, his own record, his own uh, 
yeah, what do you call it? Apologies and everything. They've talked and everything's been worked out. And we're just glad to have him back in the league. You know, again, top quality talent, someone that we love to see in the league, love to talk about in the league, love to get the chat about in the league. So, uh, you know, it's good for the NAL. And, uh, yeah, glad we're getting to have, speaking of Sharks fans, as you know, Jim, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Good to have someone on there. And knowing knowing Jason Gibson, just like Wilson's talking about, he's going to find a way to fit him in. Gibson damn good coach. We know this. He'll find a way to use him. He's an Iron Man talent, so that already makes it easy. You know he can play two ways. If anything, that's just really good depth. Like, you imagine saying Devin Wilson is a depth piece on your roster? <laughs> that sounds weird. Yeah. The second all-time leading receiver um, in standings and touchdowns and receptions and receiving yards. Yeah, he's a good backup. <laughs> You know, <laughs> like that, that, that just tells you how good Gibson has made this roster in Jacksonville. And also that gives uh, the guy who's, you know, touching the ball every play in Sam Castro Nova. Um, the guy has 24 touchdowns as a Jacksonville shark with zero interceptions. The guy's on fire. This team's on fire. And he just adds to the piece If it's Devin Wilson from last year. Devin Wilson from 2020, if it's Devin 2021, and Devin Wilson from 19. This is going to be a potent offense who's already first in points, first in yardage, first in point different or points off of turnovers. Um, they're just making this offense even more explosive. And one thing about Devin Wilson is that even though the perspective of him from outside, maybe he, he's like he's one of those typical players like, no, uh, they'll remember him from – Santonio, San but he's one of the most humble dudes to talk to in games. He's he talks to the fans. Um, he goes out of the way, help like talks to the fans during the game, after the game, and he's just a great athlete. I followed his career um, from the NAL to the AFL. I think he played with Bain in I want to say Erie or Richmond. I think back a couple before the NAL. Um, so I saw the evolution of what he is as a player. And he is one of the best receivers in the league. And when he is healthy, he is maybe the best receiver in the league. Him and Darius Prince are 1A, 1B. And when them two go at each other, you're watching the two best receivers in our game or in the arena game go after each other. So, and that statement, you know, we'll get people to criticize, like, Jim, you don't know what we're talking about. Go look at the numbers. Go look at the stats. Darius now leads all the categories. But, again, Devin didn't miss 10 games. And Darius had two extra games in the playoffs last year. Um, so now the Dan, <laughs> Wilson's back, Darius is cooking down Orlando. So we're going to have some, an interesting battle coming towards the end of the year to see who gets that, that claim. Who's the uh, number one receiver in the league. So it's going to be pretty entertaining, uh, especially from the Orlando side and from the Jacksonville side. So yeah, I'm excited. Devin's back. Uh, we had that video play. We'll play that video again at the end of the uh, episode of the welcome home. It will be on Twitter and Facebook. So you guys can share it. And all. Um, I was supposed to do it yesterday, drop it, but I kind of like I agreed with a lot of people that uh, powers of B is like hold off. So uh, it's pretty cool having Devin back. But yeah, it's going to be a lethal offense. But we're not just a Jacksonville podcast. We will be getting over and talking to uh, people. Um, not people. I'm sorry. I look at the chat and I saw the uh, <laughs> our friend, good friend. Uh, I hope we talk to folks. I don't talk yeah. to robots on here. Like, uh, for example, I know this is former former yeah. Cobras head coach Josh Josh Resignalo 
chiming in, mm-hmm. obviously making, I think, a vile point, although he, he did make a correction one about it because it, 2024 is next year. <laughs> so, or yeah, that. I mean, it we are coming... precursor to the future, I mean, we too. are coming closer to that conversation, mm-hmm. you know, because we are in the back half of the year, so it is that about time, but I mean, uh, hey, like we said, in the, like we talked with him, I mean, talk about a guy to come back and play, <laughs> to play, to th- have it slinging to you, because I mean, seriously, I mean... Sam, you can he can either you can either help him get open or he can help you get open, depending on how how the play goes, without a doubt. And yeah, I mean, Josh, again, you can tell he's he's pretty thrilled. I mean, hey, look, it's good talent. We, I mean, in general, you just got to be happy. Good, good, talented folks are back in the NAL. It's a it's a very competitive league when you get more more competitive guys like this. Although I know some are listening to this and going, well, wait a minute, they just loaded up <laughs> the team that already has an insanely good offense. Yeah, it's true, but I mean, still, I like seeing good well, talent it- play. That's like it, a Colin Coward statement, but I'll throw it out there. You know? It happens in this league all the time. Orlando a few years ago got Joe Hillis with three weeks left in the season. Our boy, Coach Rezanalo, loaded up his roster with two weeks <laughs> left in the season to get into the playoffs. Albany did it last year, was getting like no, a couple years ago with Malachi Jones at the end of the year. Oh, um, yeah. It happens. So you're going to have fans like, that's not fair. Well,. It welcome happened. to the welcome to the NAL. This and, is about the time of year. And I think I saw the comment on one of the Sharks pages or one of the NAL pages. Like he wasn't available for free agencies. Like yeah, he did become a free agent, but as a free agent, you can go wherever you want to go. He, he may be picking up calls, but he wanted to come to Jacksonville. Like this is basically his home. And I mean, he, if you yeah, talk he to does sh- things locally here. He works in the community. I mean, yes. makes the um, most sense. And Honestly, like I saw Skyler mention it, or I think Jay Washington, it just be it would just look weird if Devin was wearing a different color jersey. That's like how uh, you and Zach Brown went to Carolina that first yeah. season. Like that well, sounds right exactly now, what you're re- been, referencing. Like right now, Darius in Orlando and Zach. Yeah, that one. That one's still I'm adjusting to. I, I still haven't gotten used to some of those Empire guys being in and Orlando, in West Texas. <laughs> like, that too. Yeah, there's players you're like. <laughs> Sam here in Jacksonville. I'm like, that just, it's, it's the, uh, it's a silly season we're in guys. I mean, yeah, <laughs> uh, it's so it does happen. So when people say it's not fair, it happens every single year in the NAL and, and coach Resinola does bring it up too. Jacksonville does have a return. Nick Belcher does return. He's a, a, a not legend, but he, in 2017, he was, one of the most accurate and most lethal kickers in the NAL without the Nets. Um, and also, I know we, it's on the transaction wire, but old Danny Southwick is back. Did you see that? <laughs> yes, that is uh, that is not a joke, or that is not a not a kid, not a uh, not anything like that. He is uh, he is back. So he's going uh, to be signed on. I mean, it's it's more amazing, honestly. He he. I love that he has the passion to keep playing year after year like this. Um, savvy veteran, as we got to say. Had him on the show before. Love talking with him when we've had him on. Yeah. But, hey, back and playing. I got to respect that. Seriously. Also, uh, here is a uh, – this is a live video of Danny Southwick adding the Orlando team to his resume. You just made the list. <laughs> He's not wrong, though. He's not wrong. Uh, do yourself a favor, ladies and gentlemen. Go look up Danny Southwick on Wikipedia and look at his lengthy resume. The guy has been a journeyman 
in arena football. It spans <laughs> over many. I think him and Robert Kent are competing with each other for who has the largest resumes in arena football. You know, <laughs> if Robert had gone in, and somewhere else, we could definitely have that conversation. But yeah, it's, hey, you know what? It's still to me that's another thing. It's wild is you know we can talk about the gunslingers being up there too and going. Oh, you know we have a pretty talented QB at backup as well. I mean, credit he's also coaching uh, as we've been told in one mentor role. But say Arvell were to go down, <laughs> it's okay. You got Robert Kent just sitting right there. It, it, it's amazing the, the level of the talent the league has. It's now it is now a scroll. <laughs> Josh is right. <laughs> the level that this, the talent this league has, it is uh, it is impeccable. Mm -hmm. I, I love the NAL's talent level, and it's something that, like I said, I I won't go into it because I'm tired of conversations elsewhere of certain things. Um, but it has been one of the better combos this year. Uh, it's been good quality play for for most part, all things considered, this year, and I'm happy for it. You know, I'm glad to see it, and I think we get to talk about that a little bit more. Let's dive in to it because hey this is rebound after all let's talk let's touch on a lot of stuff that went down this past weekend in the national arena league it is recapping week 10 we had uh we had 10 touchdown games we had we had uh kind of some more questions on a few on a few uh, aspects of kind of what we're going to expect moving forward including this game we'll lead off with with Fayetteville and Jacksonville so first off gotta say again that crowd 8200 Jesus that it, I mean it was packed that on video you gotta love it. This is the arena crowd that people dream about, or when they fantasize about the two, like the two thousands arena ball. This is the type of crowd I'm like, yeah, I like it. So first off, rowdy crowd, Hawaiian night. The Hawaiian jerseys really showing up on the Sharks logos. Meanwhile, Fayetteville came in. I'll tell you one thing. Again, Fayetteville. You know they we we came in. It's been a few weeks. You know the social team and us. We we have chats, and you know they mm -hmm. they definitely were like, hey, we're the underdog again. I'm like. We're like, hey, you're right. Let's see what happens. And you know what? That first half, they came out slinging a bit, and there were opportunities. They did get the lead at the end of the first quarter. You know, second half was keeping things close. Got to say, though, some questions, like that second half specifically, and then the rest of this, mm -hmm. this game, finishing on QB scenario in particular, because um, a few of it, these issues that came back to bite Fayetteville I think came down to what we're going to be wondering what happens with QB. So we were talking about by the end of the half, we had Larry Beavers trying to sling the rock because James Summers goes down with a crucial injury. We had to take him off. We didn't see him again. Wondering about his status. Meanwhile, Rakeem Cato, I find fascinating because you can tell he's hurt, but they are trying to keep him healthy enough, but they had to put him out there to keep competitive and they had to get him in shotgun. So I'm fascinated to see what they do with him moving forward. He still is capable of throwing it around, but it does feel like this game in particular, once he got slung around on a face mask penalty and kind of like twisted his leg a little awkwardly on the, in the first quarter, mm -hmm. they were trying to preserve him. They didn't want to pull him out there because I think they knew they aggravated the current injury he had been dealing with all year, and they kind of had to roll with it. And mistakes elsewhere besides quarterback position, there were a few their mental errors, penalties have been plagued the Fayetteville Mustangs in this one heavily, you know, some turnovers that were crucial on fourth down stops, but that QB position, man, it's been weird. Like if Cato's healthy, we have no doubts in our mind that it's competitive. You can see it like this game in particular, but once you have some wavering behind center, things just kind of crumble. It's kind of awkward, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and I do wonder that this game, I came away with more questions about the Mustangs going, where do they go from here? They're four and four. 
you know, one one specific injury does raise questions to competition behind him that we'll talk later. Unfortunate, of course. Um, and then you got the you know Warbirds as well behind them that have Mitch Kidd and company took a loss. But it's just some questions I have to ask moving forward because otherwise, to me, this was about what you expect a ballpark Jacksonville experience so far. High powered offense, few to little mistakes. Although there were a few stops, I'll give faithful credit. But you know, eventually, if you can't take advantage of points the afterburners kick in and jacksonville just runs away from you and that's exactly what happened because once the third quarter rolled around there they cleaned up their act one by easily three possessions <laughs> so that's uh kind of what we're talking about right now I, I do you feel the same way when i'm talking about the mustangs or we should we talk more about the sharks here in this instance well we can you can talk about both honestly uh one thing that in the game because where my seats are at Watching Fayetteville play shotgun, there are a couple of shark players were basically yelling at the fans saying they don't want to play real ball. They afraid of us. Look, they playing shotgun. Like Jacksonville's defense knew in that second half that they eventually will have the better, the better against this team. And that it doesn't mean it's because Fayetteville's not good. It's just Jacksonville's that confident. Uh, one thing I want to mention about Jacksonville is they lost their kicker. Uh, that Roscoe was a harsh went, loss. Roscoe That's a went big down. One. But give the credit to Eddie Burrell Jr. Uh, he is the emergency quarterback slash, or emergency quarterback slash emergency, kick, emergency kicker and got himself a, well, he got himself a uh, one point for Fayetteville. Um, then he comes back and answers and gets a onside kick that changes the complete momentum of this game. Like Jackson got the possession got the onside kick and scored. Uh, also, Sam Castronova is basically right now, he's thrown 41 touchdown passes this season. He leads the league. Uh, if you combine both his and Albany numbers and Jacksonville numbers together and touchdowns, zero interceptions in Jacksonville. And also, he was about nine yards short of a deuce. So the guy can kick too. So um, we, if Sam, if, if he would have hit the deuce, you should have gave him the MVP trophy right then and there. So here you go, sir. There you go. Uh, if you want it, you, you're you one of the best quarterbacks in leagues, and you, look, you kick the deuce. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> but one of the things I want to bring up about this Fayetteville team is that it's all the whole year we have mentioned this is their offensive line struggles against bigger defensive lines. Um, San Antonio got them. Uh, or Carolina got them the first time, but Fayetteville then rebounded that last week and performed tremendously over Carolina. And we were questioning Carolina. All of a sudden, you see what Carolina did this week? Like, okay, um, maybe that could have been a, a kind of a fluke, but not really. Um, but you look overall, but Fayetteville, their offensive line has always been a key issue for me as a fan watching them. Like, they're not going to go toe-to-toe with big offensive lines like San Antonio or defensive lines like San Antonio and Jacksonville and Carolina over a long period of time. They may win some of the battles, but they're not going to win the overall war. And Jacksonville, in the, in the first two games, the only two games against Fayetteville, the first half were close. The second halves were pure domination. It's because the line play always favors the team that's dominated. And Jacksonville's defensive line was dominating early. The scoreboard didn't show that, but it, you've seen it and felt it in the arena. Of course, it doesn't help when um, – when you don't have your kicker and you're going for two all the time and you're actually making do uh, getting twos, you're not missing two point conversions. So Jacksonville was trading 
okay, we'll take the eight points and you take the seven. Eventually, we're, we're going to gain that possession over time uh, if you can't match score by score. But there are also other individuals that, you know, Larry Beavers showed up in this game. He had two touchdowns in this game. Uh, that was very impressive for him, of course. Kendrick Ings is still one of the most lethal receivers in the game. The guy can get open. You can double team him or not. He's going to be there. He's going to catch it, and he's going to make people miss. Um, James Summers, I think, went down with an injury. His arm was in a brace after the game. I don't know the significance of that injury. Uh, but Fayville did have some uh, bumps and bruises. But on the side of Jacksonville, uh, one of the things I'm very impressed about Jacksonville is that now with the addition of Devin Wilson, you're telling me that you have a receiving core that's Cam Solomon, Jensen Stoshak, um, Markel Wade, Tamorian Terry, and Devin Wilson. Oh, my God. Are you- well, it's depth. I mean, that's the thing. <laughs> that's you, you, have to, you have to do depth at that point. You can't even have all of them out on the field. Yes. So you're more talking about, like we talk about in arena football, where – if you're a D if you're really like, if you're a good coach, one thing you focus on is that, is that next line, you know, like the hockey lines, you got to eventually swap these guys out at some point, you know, at least to give them a little bit of breather. Not all of them will come out. There's some folks will stay the whole time, but you know, I think a lot of them, you do want to at least give some air, but now you can like with a Devin Wilson, you know, you can give somebody an air air. You can change up the position. I'll tell you one thing, Markel, Markel Wade, putting into his form a bit more with uh, being a key return man too. We had some great returns in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, something I've been watching out for. And I got to speak as well with Eddie Brill. Uh, <laughs> I, that was the biggest surprise of the night was him coming in doing solid squib squib. Cause yeah, he gave up a point early, but you saw later on, you know, squib kick was a crucial change of possession, had a pop-up of mm-hmm. a kick too, that I also was kind of surprised. Like, Hey, he can do it all. Talk about iron man <laughs> in his own right. Uh, so that was fascinating, uh, but yeah, I mean, they're going to have to figure out that because Eddie Brill's not going to be continuing with kicking. It really stinks though. Cause Orozco, again, we say, we've said in recent shows outside of the NAL, mm-hmm. that man should be kicking an outdoor football. You know, he has the leg to do it. Yeah. He was getting a CFL tryout and just didn't get the stick when the final rosters came in, he should be playing outdoor. And I, I hate to see a non-contact injury and where it's going to probably be looking like at least a longer term thing that's only judging it. I don't know nothing we've gotten official that I can tell yet, but it, it certainly, it appeared that way. And that, that's a shame. So we're wishing the best for him, obviously, yeah. and, you know, see where that goes, but they'll figure, they're going to definitely figure out that there's options out there that are qual- that are st- solid kickers that you can fill in and keep that special teams unit competitive. And as we've seen, and we'll talk about this in other games, uh, kicking is getting better. We saw a bunch of bar balls this week. We saw a bunch of, you know, special teams kind of forced errors like that one. And you a know, record. Yeah. We, well, we had and a record. record kick. And we had and a, record a record kick, kick. too. I mean, Jesus, like, yeah. like, it's been getting better. You know, we talked last show. You know, like, we had some folks at the beginning of the season with, like, the special teams talk about, oh, the Nets don't matter. Again, another week after we just said this, pat, the week nine showed that off. Week 10 did it double, did it twofold. Mm-hmm. Yes. As the season's grown on, it's just like Iron Man last year. Mm-hmm. These elements, they're getting better in the game. The Nets deserve to stay. I think that the uh I think the conversation died officially this week. Any naysayers won't be talking about it. And that really applies to our next contest, I would say, that we'll bring up. And you kind of referenced it. If you want to do the uh the record breaking touchdown performance, um, and record breaking kick performance. 
as well that took place. Yeah, that would be the Orlando. Well, let me go find a video. So this is technical difficulties for live coverage of inside no the walls. I might have no. also I might also flubbed this with the order of our script. So oh, that's fine. And it's going to, we're going the same way as we did from the uh, last week's. A game, but also uh, last note on this past game between Jacksonville and Car- uh, Jacksonville Fayetteville. Uh, props to Brandon Munoz: two sacks, two touchdowns, a hurdle. Uh, the guy was everywhere. He, I think, was the defensive player of the game. If there, if there was individual awards for Iron Man for the game for a team, Brandon Munoz had a hell of a game for Jacksonville against Fayetteville. He had a breakout game uh, for that. Uh, so. Let's see. Yep, I found the video here. So let's head to the record-breaking performance out in the desert. Or not really the desert. It's West it, Texas. It is, it, it's the, the oil yeah. fields. We can call it that. Okay. But we go to the hangar. We go to the hangar where, you know what? We had a pretty fun – I think we had a pretty fun contest in several regards. Uh, atmosphere looked fun. Warbirds definitely made it made things quite interesting in the first half. Honestly, it's funny. If you compare the two games that the Cobras played West Texas – for some reason or not, some tomfoolery in the special teams department keeps happening to Carolina. I don't know what it is between them and West Texas, but this is two games now where we've seen bar balls affect the score. We've seen like kicks just affect random random things. I mean, Richie and Rich Anderson was on point when he had a bar ball deflect, picks it perfectly off the turf and gets the score, and they're up by eleven in the first quarter. You know, eighteen to seven score at that point, and you look at that beautiful record kick. That came in the first quarter, quarter to Weber. I'm telling you, when we've seen it, one of the best additions the Warbirds have made, one of the better, one of the better newcomer, really newer comer guys to the league. He's been on point, and I put a lot of flack in recent conversations with folks about kicking field goals in the NAL. I mean, that one I looked at that when I watched the game, and I had to stop. Go, you know what? I'll let this one slide because. <laughs> It's uh, it's pretty impressive when you're kicking across the entire turf into a much narrower gap to hit a field goal of all things. You know, a little different. I mean, to me, a little bit different than a deuce because you also have to worry about the return. There's less. You have a likelihood of a big return at that point. They took that risk, had an excellent kick. But something I that we have to mention first and we have to bring up is the fact that Carolina came into this in this contest. We had the question of were they going to be hungry? They took a bad loss in their own home turf in Greensboro, Carolina Rumble Part 2, had to lick their wounds off and go, you know what, now we got to travel across, across to West Texas, mm-hmm. and are we going to be mentally prepared? Is James Fuller going to get these guys into play? And sure enough, I think Malik Henry took his own challenge that we issued this past week's episode on game day, saying, hey, I want to see him step up. Uh, man stepped up and threw a record 10 TDs in this game, pulling 86 looked calm collected he looked in command like dude had dude when i and i'm talking almost like a fandom setup but if you watch this game any of the close-up shots these excellent shots that poncho media did for west texas that i loved in the end zone on malik henry he had like basically you what i call the the laser eye you knew he was locked in he was ready to kind of respond after a poor week the previous week and it showed automatic everywhere james lance evans getting connections all over miles kelly getting some some touches i mean spreading the wealth malik henry definitely was the driving force to what allowed the cobras to win and score the highest number of points for any team this year 86 we haven't seen an 80 burger in a minute they made a statement there so 
if the Cobras on a good day are like this, I mean, they can beat anybody and look unstoppable because it was, it was impressive. I mean, Lee Henry, we know can sling it, but we haven't seen, seen him sling it like this before. And this is a record setting performance really on point. I was darn impressed with this whole thing. Well, one thing I'm very impressed about this whole thing is that they, the Caroline Cobras, 89 points, 724 yards of total offense. Um, if you want to talk about definition of arena football in the second half, watch this game. Um, no one wanted to stop each other. It was back and forth. Score, 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 score. Then or Caroline just kept scoring and scoring and scoring. <laughs> now, if you're West Texas and you tell me you score 59 points, you think you're going to win the game. Yeah, and you lost? And like, you wait a lost. minute. That's, that's usually been a winning number in the NAL this year. That's yeah. what's wild. They, I mean, kudos to, kudos to them for putting it up, but like – Jesus, I know. Like I said, we haven't we've we've been hitting seventies a few times this year. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think you and and again, West Texas they've shown it. Even in you know some blowout losses, they still hold opponents to like respectable offensive numbers of like yeah. 40, 50. This is completely different. And I mean, last time these two were basically barn burning, going down to the wire, both shooting sixty burgers. And it came down to a deuce. This time, Carolina, they had those first half mistakes off of special teams department, and they said, enough is enough. It's time to play shutdown defense. Came out in the second half eventually. And, you know, they can keep up with the best of them. Offensively, if this is if this is Malik Henry's best, I mean, they can really be at that top echelon. It's just, mm-hmm. it's impressive, you know. And he's been playing well. It's just that they've been leaning a lot on the run game too. This time they did have some run run teams i mean zach brown does get his typical amount of carries but really it was the malik henry show in the hangar like it was his time to shine and he made i think he made a pure statement game that he has made a full three six a full 180 from being that i'm gonna throw deep balls only in jacksonville to i can be a pure arena football quarterback and do everything and anything that i can on a good night that's yes. really what that was. That was the final nail in the coffin of any. Is Malik Henry a decent NAL QB? He is. Trust me. They have and a good you, one there. And what you said in the past about certain quarterbacks needed to diversify their portfolio. Yeah. Listen here. Adam Smith, four catches. Lance Evans, six catches. Miles Kelly, four catches. Kenny Veal, seven or nine catches. And Traven, uh, Traven Fitzgerald, one catch. That's, you know, that's, you know, spinning the ball two different receivers, keeping the defense guessing. Also, Adam Smith, three touchdowns. Lance Evans, three touchdowns. Miles Kelly, two touchdowns. Kenny Ville, two touchdowns. Like, everyone who touched the ball in Carolina went off. It, it was just a perfect game for them to go off in. Um, and for West Texas, even though you lost, Mitch Kidd looked pretty good. He threw for five touchdowns. You, if the quarterback throws for five touchdowns, you're – usually win the games um that's, still elusive you know it's, yeah. it's, it's his greatest attribute and you saw it even in this one he'll credit he'll get pressured in, in it but unlike daniel smith he's calm collected and he maneuvers the pocket well you know thing is for west texas if you're going to keep on showing okay you got the trajectory you got an offense that can put up these numbers Correct. and can compete with these guys to get back up if you want to try and get a playoff playoff position. Now you got to execute and take some games here. That's what's going to be coming up in this later part of the schedule. And it was, it was going to be a tough draw against Carolina, no doubt, but 
you know, if you put up 59 and you can't hold down your end of the bargain on defense like you have been, that's what I think is going to be disappointing. I think Coach Tate Smith is like, we got that offense, but man, you know, we did keep pace with them. Just defensively, we it, it was like the Cobras were in a completely different zone than usual in this one, locked in. And games can go like that sometimes. Yeah, also, to the players of West Texas, Patrick Smith has been freaking on fire the last couple of weeks. He had 100 yards receiving, two touchdowns this week. And, of course, Jordan uh, Grading, Gandy. No, Gandy. Gandy. Um, he went off, too. So they have weapons. Remember when we entered the season, we're like, who is going to be the that's who's going to be that next Kylie Rashad? Who's going to be that next, you know, Philip Barnett coming from West Texas? We didn't know, but now we know it's Childress, Gandy, and Smith. They have a nice little lethal offense right there. And even though their record doesn't show that right now they are in playoff contention. I have a very strange feeling, and I guarantee our listeners may think this, and you might agree, that I think the top three in this league are about to pull away from the, the whole league. So whoever the bottom four are, they're going to be fighting for the four spot. I think Carolina, Jacksonville, and San Antonio are going to pull away with this thing. Like we had a couple of years ago with Columbus and Albany, where they just ran away with the league, and the, the, the rest of the league just fought for the final two playoff spots. I think the three top teams right now are hands down San Antonio, Jacksonville, Carolina. And now the question is who's going to be that four seed is Fayetteville going to start fading and a team like West Texas gets back into the mix or a team like Orlando gets in the mix. Or if a miracle happens in Albany, if Albany comes back and gets into the mix, um, I'm not taking that as a shot or, uh, or Albany is just that I'll look at the roster. You have no quarterback, so I don't know what's going well, on. Geez. I mean, talk about Yeah. Conversation. Yeah. That's, that's next that. game. Um, I'm not fully ready to go over there no, yet, it, it, but it's still, but right now for West Texas, they have a lethal offense. Their schedule does kind of start favoring them. They do uh, get Orlando. They do get Albany coming to them in a couple of weeks. So they have potential of maybe getting two wins um, that, you know, Orlando wants that rematch for what happened a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I, I think that, you know, West Texas can get a little, a little groove here coming the end of the year. So that four seed, even though you're, you're technically to a game and a half out that four seed, I think that's going to be, well, I love to say the muck, uh, the Lords of the Muck will be well rewarded, whoever gets the four seed this year. But I think the top three teams, in my opinion, are going to push away. But to mention this last uh, last part of this game, uh, a guy, standout guy, I've met him before, had a conversation with him, uh, Weber, what a game. Three deuces, I think, was his final total. Three deuces. Would, yeah. <laughs> and a NAL record for the longest field goal ever made. So what a weekend for the kid. He did play for Jacksonville. He did come in Jacksonville to start the year. Got traded, but now he's thriving in West Texas. Great kick. I think the record was 45, and he got it at, I think, 48 and a half. I think yeah, you can the, see it right there on this yeah, highlight. So. It's it's yeah, about I mean, it's longer about than that. I mean, if you can't even count the end zone. Oh, you know? oh yeah, that's right. So it'd be fifty, said eight yards, forty-eight. Doing mm-hmm. math, 
56 so 56 i mean that, that's in and again this is with narrower posts and and we talk that's a hard the, kick to do in the outdoor game right it's a hard kick doing the outdoor game you have narrower posts and there's more risk you know th- this isn't like we had last year mm-hmm. you have if you if you miss you hit the nets or you're giving up a point if it's right. that badly shanked so you either give up a point or you risk a return for six mm-hmm. on the app opposite end. So that's why when we talk with some folks about, you know, why we don't see as many field goals and West Texas has been the one that's been doing it more often or not. It's simply because there's so much risk involved. If you don't have a guy that can do this mm-hmm. and that can efficiently nail these kicks and Weber Weber's shown it without a doubt. So, you know, if anything, got to give them kudos. If they go for a field goal and it's West Texas, I'm like, at least they got a guy. I can trust that can hit from 56 with these goalposts. So there is that little silver lining if you have to go for a field goal. Although John the main put it best last week when we had him on the show. You know, you still as a QB, you kind of want to go for and get that six if you feel like you can get it on a fourth down. I digress, but um, you know, Cobras get a cru- get a crucial I think rebound win. Uh, West Texas again showing they got potential. I just think that you know now is going to be coming time to see if you can capitalize. It's going to be a tough test next week though when we talk about them with the gunslingers. They got to go on the road and it's on the way, but they got. I know I just popped out. That was weird, but wow. they got to go down the road anyway to San Antonio when we talk about that. It'll be the you know the Texas showdown as they're calling it. Um, gonna be tough. I mean, you you'll have to see if you can gut check yourself. Fayetteville gets a week off, so that's what we're talking about there. You know, Fayetteville does have its own questions, but if you take another loss as yourself, you're two and six. You go two and seven. Mm-hmm. It's getting a little harder for us to justify. Maybe the mucks not so much, but a few more storylines we'll talk about as the week goes on when we touch on you know NAL game day coming up. Finally, Great. finally. Finally, we get to the last game. But before we get to the last game, uh, I let me. I, I actually sorry that I bumped you off. By the way, oh I don't. I, 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 I try to sped up everything. It's what happens when you're live, ladies and gentlemen. You can't edit while you're alive. But um, this past week, Jonathan Bain suffered a big in, major injury uh, while the while he was playing the West uh, Albany Empire. Uh, he did have, from reports from the Orlando Predators, successful surgery. He's recovering. Um, but if you're in Jacksonville or if you're in Orlando, if you, especially if you're in Jacksonville, sat, uh, this Saturday night at Bravo's, if you have anything that, you know, we're, they're getting some gifts together to send to the Baines. Baines families go to Bravo's Saturday night uh, to give uh, gift cards Get well soon cards, something that even inside the walls brought something or gave today. So he'll get something from us. But also, even though he's recovering, we do have to have a guy give props to an accomplishment for Jonathan Bain. Jonathan Bain is currently now the all time leading passer in NAL history with 7,951 yards. He surpassed Mason Espinosa this past weekend. Um, for number one overall, Mason still holds the overall touchdowns in the NAL, but Jonathan Bain has the most uh, passing yards as a NAL quarterback. So with that, if you're in Jacksonville, Bravos, if you're in Orlando, contact the Orlando Predator fan group. Uh, I think her name, 
I think her name was in here. I think Bob, if you're here, post her name. So uh, I can post it. So everyone reach out to her. I think Lisa went, okay, here we go. Lisa Wenzel, mm-hmm. uh, Orlando, go reach out to her. Uh, Jacksonville, super insane fans on Facebook. And also go to Bravo Saturday night for the watch party for gift cards, uh, to gift cards, uh, letters, notes to send to Bain to his family to ha- get him to on his road to recovery, uh, to get back into the game that he, uh, uh, loves, um, and the, and it's Pred nation. Okay. Thank you, yep. Lisa. Uh, reach out to her, reach out to that group to help them, uh, to give Bain stuff, um, to get his on his way to recovering and get back to, uh, showing out and killing it in the uh, National Arena League as the current number one all-time leading passer in NAL history because he's played every single season in the NAL uh, besides one. No, he did play. He played in Jacksonville when he mm-hmm. was in the other league. He came to Jacksonville for one more. So, yes, um, as a Sharks fan, Bane's a cool dude. We had him on the show last week, so you know how shocking it was for us. Like, yeah. we had him on the show, and it happened like – just had him um but he's a cool dude. i've had conversations with him uh he you know he loves the loves the respect from the fans the community uh he loves the, the city of jacksonville he to the fans in jacksonville he appreciates you guys um he respects the city loves the fan base he thanks you guys and he loves the fan base in orlando and the tradition that is in orlando so if you orlando fans are listening he loved even though he's played there only two times he knows the tradition and history of the Orlando Predator organization, and he loves and respects the fans that dedicate good time of their lives to go to the arena and watch the, the Predators play. So just want you guys to know that uh, he thanks you guys too. So Bane's a cool dude, uh, mad respects. We'll try to get him on the show here later, but he has a long recovery uh, ahead of him, but still he's in good spirits from what I can tell. And the Orlando Predator organization, the National Arena League, had done a great job of updating on Bane's status. So get a hold of the Pred Nation, Jacksonville Insane, Jacksonville Insane fans, or visit go to Bravo Saturday night uh, to donate to um, the Bane cause, gift cards, you know, get well soon, pillows, candies, whatever, whoever will uh, make just, anything. Just show your support. I mean, the so, guy, the guy is one of our, one of yeah. our top t- talented players. He respects and loves the, loves the NAL and arena football. Mm-hmm. We've had him on the show. He loves playing in this league. That is, this is preferred option is playing in the NAL. He said, he said it here, said it and loves playing arena football. And we're glad that he got to come back. It's been a year for him. It's unfortunate that this was part of that story. Um, but you know, he's, Taking it time, day by day, he, again, it's he loves the support mm-hmm. that fans have been giving him, and it's uh, it shows. I mean, NAL's all-time leading passer deserves the praises he gets. It's just a shame we don't get to see get to see him more, you know, and th- that's too bad. I also uh, like I want to echo what you're talking about with the NAL and the Preds relaying information because I know there were a lot of us that I'll point out. You know, we have we're on a specific social page that. We do want to get information ready and able and kind of to us. But here's the thing. You got to, you got to get all the facts together. You got to, with stuff like this, you have to make sure you are reporting and bringing out accurate information. It's not always about rushing things. So, you know, when the NAL put out a statement, the Preds put out their statements, that was the right thing to do. And I'm glad that they did it that way. It was the best way to do it. So I got to applaud them for doing it. 
the way they did. Um, also, for those that we saw jumping the gun a bit, we've seen other video angles of the incident, you know, and I'll leave it as you draw your conclusion personally. It was not, I didn't think it was intentional. It looked like a thing. It came bang, bang, play. It's an unfortunate circumstance where certain action happens where fall down and you don't usually see someone hit the wall in that certain angle. And that, it's a shame, but you know, I, in terms of, if we're talking, say Kerry Starks, I don't think it was intentional. I'm going to put that out right, right there. I respect his apology for anything he did. I don't think he need to apologize. He was trying to hit him as he was a defender. And I think that they, I think that this whole situation I thought got covered once things calmed down, between everybody, I think that we, the NAL and company did their best and worked out things as needed. So I wanted to put that out there. I thought, and just to respond to the NAL's responses of this, they did a good job, I thought. And I thought people, once we settled down and got the facts, we did a good job calming down and kind of evaluating how this went and focused more on the man after the fact, less so on going bonkers about, oh God, you know, mm-hmm we took a step back and breathed and I'm glad people did do that eventually because it was a bad sight. When you pull it, look, when you turn a camera off on a screen like that, that's, that's dead silence in a room. I mean, we, you, me, a few folks, when we do these discord calls and kind of chat and watch these games, that was an awkward end to a game for us. I, I did not have a day, a night like that in a while. So when the feed gets cut, I guarantee a lot of fans who watched the game live, when the feed gets cut, the first thing that popped in our minds was what happened in Cincinnati in the NFL this year. Remember with DeMar Hamlin? Yeah. We're like, oh, no, 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 no. That's the first thing that pops in your mind. But as, as they were just doing it for a precautionary reason, and news started coming out, which made me go, okay, that's, that's good. But that's the first sudden moment that happens, like, not again. But luckily for us this time around, um, the pre- the Predators organization, the the paramedics there, uh, the EMTs did a perfect job. Uh, they didn't get out of hand. Everything went smoothly. The Predators organization did it the right way. Uh, they made sure that Bain was safe, he was comfortable, and he'd get transported to the local hospital, which happened. And now Bain is in the hospital uh, recovering right now. Which that's for me as a fan who not just as a fan of the sport, for anybody who goes through that type of situation, um, you got to give credit to the people, the EMTs, the professionals, how they jumped to the scene, got everything, got everything settled. And again, we had a another story that we can tell a couple weeks of a resurgence of a player in a couple months, maybe in 2024 for Bain. Um, but Honestly, talking about this game before we get to this game, it was just the build up to this game that caused what happened in the fourth quarter that happened so quickly. When the Bane injury happened, they were okay. We're going to accelerate. Or we're going to you know continuous clock. We're getting this thing done. We don't want any more escalation. We don't want any more um, injuries or conflicts. They just want to get the game in. In the game, everyone go out their merry way. Um, it was just what happened to the build up of the game, maybe because we call the, uh, the game of the week, but then again, we didn't expect all the stuff, but yeah, again, the Predators organization, the national arena league, 
and the Albany people that were there. It was a smart decision to do that. Uh, continue, uh, not almost said accelerator clock. The uh, continuous clock to get the game over with, so we can, you know, you know, the game. At that point, the game didn't matter. It was bang, about bang. Get the game over with. Get it done. Get the, whoever went. Orlando was so far in the head at that point. It didn't matter anyways. It was more like get the game done. Let's focus on Bane. Let's have the night go by and let's get ready for tomorrow, the next day's action in the NAL, which we started getting more good positive news about the Bane, Orlando again. More props to the Orlando organization, props to the owners and the people in Orlando of being on top of this. Uh, Matt, respect. Bane is one of those dudes that represents not just the league. Um, not your organization, just not the league, but the whole fandom community and the people who love this game. That guy represents this business. And for the organization, Orlando, a hell of a job. And also for the Albany players, um, they knew football, like the game was over. So de-escalation happened quickly. Um, it was, that was like the, okay, oh, hell, hell, what a moment. Let's Let's move on. Let's get this over with. Focus on Bane. So again, I would just want to say to the Orlando organization, to the EMTs, professionalism, to the people who covered the game, Donnie, and sorry, this the quote that aren't you right, Donnie? It's still one of my favorite ones. Uh, you said 57 times this last game, by the way. I did count this week. <laughs> just saying, nice. 57 times because uh, their record's 62, so it was almost close. Uh, but they did a great job of focusing the conversation somewhere else while the game, while this, this the screen was cut or the stream was cut. Uh, they were talking about they were talking about the game and talking about other stuff about the league, not focusing on the issue. But they did because they didn't report on what they didn't know. That was that was good. So I want to say the Orlando organization to the owners, Sterling, Cheney, how you guys operated that game at the end, pure professionalism. I guarantee the Bain family is grateful for what you guys did. And for the Albany organization, tough loss. Um, it gets Orlando, but at least when it happened, it just settled down. Nothing escalated. Nothing else happened. So I, that's another win there. So, again, a game like this, when that when the injury happened to Bain, it was about Bain only, not about the game. Right. I mean, between – I thought, like, I agree. I, I sympathize same way. You know, if anything, too, I mean – we talk about the end of the game. I thought that, you know, Coach Walls did an excellent job of saying, mm-hmm. and basically not just to the players, but to the fans too, like, hey, you know, good prayer. Let's, let's make sure that we're giving our best vibes towards a player that might be in need at that moment. And we didn't, right. and again, we didn't, we didn't know. know much, you know, so that's the thing. Like, I think that was a right call, you know, and not only for on stream, but in person, just being like, because everyone there, you yeah. know what. If you have you're bringing out a board, you're making sure that someone's giving a thumbs up to for clarification. That's serious. We had people reaching you know? out to us to get contact information about the situation, and we did our best to give the direct the people in the right way. So yeah, w- when the game ended, our job wasn't done because we were doing our part to like get the people directed that needed to get the contact of the certain people. Um, but yeah, that was it, it. Was just a moment in time where it's that the dog in the fight in the in the gruesome battles of football you're like you know I can't stand these two arch rivals when something happens like this it makes you go 
football doesn't matter at this point. It's about the health. Like that's how quick it happened and how fast everything happened, how fast Orlando was the organization, Orlando, the paramedics were to get on the scene. That's just, you know, perfect. This, uh, that just tells you like that football doesn't mean anything. And that's one thing. And good. I hopefully Bane's watching may listen to us later. Um, But brother scared us get well soon. And hopefully we see you back in 2024. But first off right now, get better, brother. Um, again, you were on the show last week, and you're always a fan to join us anytime. Uh, we have another former quarterback that likes to jump on here in time time talk football too. So you're more than welcome to jump on when time comes in the future. You got a whole arena community behind you, man. That, that's the best thing you got right now. One of the best fan bases in any level of football is arena football fans. And – Definitely, they're giving the support. It's been excellent. Uh, glad to hear that things are at least trending in the right direction. Now, let's actually discuss Oops, some bad. of the elements of – and I know, yeah, sometimes this happens. Look, I, I spoke for four minutes with a mic muted, so this that is nothing. It's just been a hectic day with freaking technology, <laughs> it's been, man. It's been nothing. Anyway, though, let's, let's talk about the actual game itself. So, first things first – Preds get the job done. I think a lot of people were assuming that this is a game that on paper you should be going, yeah, let's get a win under our belts. We'll move things forward. Now, credit, QB situation, things have changed, has been revealed. Danny Southwick is going to be signed on and taking the reins of this offense. So we'll definitely, I think, discuss those elements in full. Um, If anything, Jonathan Bain for this contest was automatic, finding guys left and right, offensively offensive defense were fully in sync and if anything you can kind of tell first half empire fans i don't i'm I'm sorry for i don't know what to say because right now you know how the status of your team is at this moment it has been it's been a rough go and that was another contest showing you where it's at um sadly neither the quarterbacks in this game are signed onto the roster right now uh brings a very fascinating question of who will be under center come this next weekend at home in the capital region. So kind of hard to now kind of evaluate where you go from here as the, as the empire. Cause as we've been saying, it's a, it's a song and dance now that you, you expect some folks that were there last game. They're just not there. Um, this time it's QBs and not really sure where to go beyond that. I mean, they do have some guys that you can talk about that. If we're talking future building, in some capacity and if you can sign them on that'd be great like don't get me wrong i'd love to see a fabian garrett and a daquan Patton come back in later years or like next year or later keep going in the season and building things up but you know it's hard to keep evaluating the empire when you see the things get stripped apart rebuilt again and it, you don't have cohesion or co- cohesion yes i almost said coercion but that's the wrong word cohesion within your offense defensively it's the same deal i, I gotta give praise to mulligan just for getting things ready and he's got to do it again in an awkward situation this week preds at least they have a roster they just unfortunately have to switch up quarterbacks for the circumstances we just talked about i got a text message i don't know how accurate this is i gotta confirm it but darren okay. daniel former columbus quarterback darren daniel Mo Leg is trying to get the old Columbus team together. It seems like up in Albany. Well, no kidding. I mean, uh, we just—I mean, we just talked about him last, last year. Uh, so that'll be fascinating. If so, I mean, Daniel is very comp competent of a, as a QB, savvy vet. 
he at least is a stable piece. Unlike Roland Rivers and Jeff Legree, he's a guy that's been around the block. So <laughs> I'm sorry. This is more an inside joke because we see CJ Tarver. I feel like CJ Tarver on and off. He's been released like four Seriously, times. I don't know what the deal is. I feel, I almost feel bad because the guy's got to be having, and maybe I'm wrong, but the guy's yeah. got to be sitting there sweating it every week going, am I in or am I out? Yeah, <laughs> but Darren Daniel, for that case, we can at least say you got a guy that's solid. He knows to sling the rock. Um, journeyman QB for the most part knows how to play the game, so that's good. Mm-hmm. You can kind of throw away some of the tape a little bit here for the Empire. That being said, though, I can't throw away the fact that the line play. I don't know how you improve that, given the fact that that has also been stripped to the bone. And as you can see during this contest with the Preds, you know there wasn't much you could do. I mean, they have three excellent defensive linemen on that side. One of them being a defensive player of the year candidate last year, Freddie Booth Lloyd, that was terrorizing, that was terrorizing plays. I mean, you know, McKenzie being back there, you know, Nick Hag being back there, Brandon Cisse, they all feasted one way or another, Mm -hmm. you know, Delvin Randall, Josh Jenkins, they had their days. I mean, Josh Jenkins did just have a day. Josh Jenkins had had three interceptions, and two of them were pick sixes. He had a feast. Yeah, that's a, you know, I'm going to put my name in the Ironman, you know, war of the year. That's the type of performance that is. And also, Dylan Barnas hitting deuces like crazy again. Like, he can hit deuces in Amway. That's like automatic. Mm -hmm. But still, Jenkins showed out, but – Jenkins is not just showed out. He freaking, in my opinion, that was the performance. Like, Roland Rivers couldn't do anything because Jenkins was right there. No. I mean, really, Roland Rivers couldn't do much at all. And no offense. And this this isn't trying to slight Roland, but as we've been talking, he is not ready for this level, at least in terms of the speed needed. A lot Mm -hmm. of times it was very much, you know, whether it was a line breakdown or holding on the ball too long, just isn't ready for some of the concepts. I mean, right there, you know, that's a hard one to kind of swallow when you're talking about that pick six we just showed on the screen. On the screen, Jenkins, I'll admit, read that one perfectly. But that one, you know, it's a lot of times you just got to settle down, read the field, and kind of have a calm, collective brain. Mitch Kidd is the perfect example of someone coming in and already knows what he needs to do in terms of, okay, the pocket might not be the cleanest, but at least I know, keep my eyes downfield, make sure I have that sense to feel things and yeah. work it out. And right now that was not Roland's case. And Jeff, Le- Jeffrey Legree, you know, we kept asking during the game, Hey, is uh, Jeff going to be in? Cause I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, Roland tried it. I imagine Roland tried his best, but at some point, if you are a head coach and even with Mo Leggett being this first week, we're thinking, okay, maybe we throw out someone that is a little more mobile and can maybe do that, which Jeff is only to see him unfortunately at the end of this contest get ejected for two personal foul penalties one of them being on the entire albany bench that one i haven't seen in a while where an entire bench gets received an entire personal foul call but you know it did get chippy at the end of that one as we were talking about and uh it very much resulted as necessary to kind of try and calm things down unfortunately jeff was the last one to receive a personal foul and it was while the clock was winding at the end of the fourth quarter, he gets ejected with roughly less than a minute on the clock mm-hmm. of all things. And it was for kind of getting snippy and getting at a Albany at a Orlando defender, nonetheless, but none of the quarterbacks are here. Now you got supposedly Darren Daniel, you got things settled mm-hmm. down on the other side though, Jim, I do want to ask about your thoughts with Danny Southwick. Cause 
here's the thing on a scale of Joseph has to Jonathan Bain for, for, for production, where are we labeling Danny Southwell here? Hess is the guy where you say younger still needs to develop and makes mistakes. Mm-hmm. Bain is, as we've talked all NAL in terms of receipt, in terms of passing yards, one of the better QBs to have played in the national real league in its short history. Southwick is a journeyman. He has had his moments mm-hmm. of good and bad. He can give you hot. He can give you cold. Well, Danny Southwick is the Ryan Fitzpatrick of arena football. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. Not only for the teams, <laughs> but also his play. Because, I mean, we know he can sling it. Jacksonville a few years ago. I mean, we still yeah. remember him putting up an upset win. For the against Sharks. Albany, against yeah. Tommy, against Tommy Grady, and that was a, I mean, Harris that twenty twenty one Albany team was a damn good team. Yeah, and <laughs> Danny Southwick was throwing dimes out there. Um, it depends on what Danny Southwick you get because we did see Danny Southwick last year in Columbus. That was not the Danny Southwick that you don't want to be on your team, anyways, because he was, I think, not comfortable. I just know that Gibson. Had to get him because of the quarterback situation with Mason leaving, and they're just trying to find a quarterback there in Columbus uh, last year. Uh, but again, Danny Southwick was in Jacksonville a couple of weeks ago or a couple of years ago, and he was averaging five touchdowns a game thrown. But also, you have a very, at that time, a very good team around you um, that season for the Sharks. Not not really good team. They still lost a lot of games, but the offense could score. But right. well, at least with the Preds, you know, we talk about the on you, paper, but now yeah. you're now with Bain down, you have to. It's about the gelling again. We talked. Exactly. You brought this up first, and now we're going to have to revisit that. You know, Southwick's been around the block. He knows arena, but you know, we're, we're pushing an older veteran QB in here that's going to have to make sure he's ready and able to go right off the bat because the Preds are kind of in desperation mode at this point yeah. to get back up to where Fayetteville's at. Uh, Predators are, like I said in the last game, they're running out of the games. And with a win over Albany, keeps them on pace. Fayetteville did lose, so they did gain ground on uh, Fayetteville. Uh, one of the things about, I just noticed in the standings, the standings are wrong. Orlando should be fifth right now, except for fourth. Or should be fifth and not sixth, mm-hmm. my bad. But I just now noticed that. If you look at Danny Southwick's history from the LA Kiss to the Jacksonville Sharks to the Columbus Lions, the guy has been everywhere. He's consistent. He's not bad. His bad games are not some of the worst play games that we've seen in the past of quarterbacks in our league. Um, but his high, his peak, he can throw for five, six touchdowns and get your team in, in contention. One thing about Danny Southwick, is that he's going to keep a team in the game long enough. And with the veterans all around the team that uh, that Orlando does have, that will help him. He doesn't have to carry the load all the time. When you have Darius Prince, when you have Clarence C.J. Williams, when you have Walls, uh, Lonnie Outlaw, like you have weapons. You're not you don't have a, a receiving core that's not you know, undersized. They're you know six five, six six, six seven receivers. They can go get the rock, so you'll have protection. And they're Orlando, even though the record doesn't show, they have a decent line. Their offensive line, defensive line play has improved over the last couple of weeks. They do. And for Orlando's sake, you took care of the Albany Empire and with, with Bain. 
it, how big of a drop off is uh, Danny Southwick from Bain? Not really a big drop off. Like it's how let's let me compare it to the NFL terms. Let's say Jonathan Bain is the Josh Allen of the NAL. Just don't start going, oh my God, you don't know what we're talking about. I'm just trying to do comparisons there. <laughs> um, Danny Southwick is probably a Derek Carr level quarterback. Hmm. So not top tier, but mid tier, but good mid tier quarterback in, in the NAL with Joseph Hess being that Anthony Richardson, the young gun. You don't know what he's going to do. And when he gets there, he may shine, may not, but that's what you, you're going to get a savvy vet that knows to put his team in a great position to win. Um, but if you need him to go out there and start, you're going to have to be the guy to win the game. He probably is not the guy to do it, but he has weapons around him that can help him improve. But it's just a comparison or again, I'm sorry, Jimmy Garoppolo probably is that a better comparison from Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no, I'm messing. Even though I just named two Raider quarterbacks, former and no, current, here, I guarantee Jeff I... Levesque is going to comment. He's like, "Really, got to go to my Raider?" <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to do that, Jeff. I swear. <laughs> here, here's one I think is a little closer. If you're if you're a Preds fan, um, I think the Preds want at least at this stage. I think like a Patrick O'Brien from 2021. You want someone that can say, okay, mm-hmm. I have stars on here. I have a DJ Myers and company on my Joe side. Hills. You know, a Joe Hills at the end of the at I the end of that season. You know, a Donovan Raspberry yeah, as well. You know, um a Prince Chitola Shinola uh, yeah. at that point. Yeah, I almost said Chitola. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I, I digress. Anyway, you have weapons at that point. Think about this. You have more weapons here. But you need someone that can just manage the game. Hey, get your weapons in free space. Let them do the dirty work. Darius right. Prince, you know, can do the dirty work. You know that you know that Caleb, that Caleb Walls, Caleb Williams, they can do the dirty work. They have guys. Lonnie Outlaw. All you gotta do is get it to these guys. Let them make the offense for you more often. Now, Danny can still sling it, but I'm just saying, if you have more opportunities to let these guys get in space and create the offense your way. That's how you're going to be doing it if you are yeah. with Southwick moving forward. Bain will have more of the cannon that's not available now. Not saying Danny can't, but I wouldn't want to rely on him to say, all right, I need you to throw a 40-yard bomb consistently. No, I would say make it more manageable to where he's getting it out. He's not taking as many hits because he did, he took a few hits last year in Columbus that it kind of derailed any chance of him getting in a rhythm to stay healthy-ish at one point in the year when he was there mm-hmm. with the Lions and they're going to need to make sure they maintain that. But the best way to do that, get the ball out, get the ball active, let Prince and company run and run free mm-hmm. as well. And give Desmond Maxwell more runs too. I think he's been underutilized this year. People seem to forget he was one of the better NAL running backs two years yeah. ago, and he hasn't been used as frequently in the last two seasons. Let him run free. Dude's a speed, speedy guy that has a tight end build. Yeah. You he should give him some more game. opportunities. He had a great game. I was about to mention him. He had nine carries for 44 yards and two touchdowns. So Maxwell bringing it up. I mean, now that you have Southwick is to me more of the game manager guy, give Desmond a few more touches. He can break them free and make guys miss. You know, you have weapons all over the board. Also, I just, I know there's some Albany fans out here and listening to the show. They appreciate it. But, uh, former Darius Prince, uh, court wide receiver for Albany who left, 
or got uh, got you know cut from the team in Orlando and Albany now in Orlando. You want to talk about a guy that can still cook? Eight receptions, 130 yards receiving, two touchdowns. He's still like he's still on. Also, Nick Hag, two sacks, a safety. I'm looking at the numbers here, and I'm just looking at the former Albany Empire players from Dwayne Hollis to Nick Hag to Brandon Cisse to Darius Prince. All the numbers look at this and go, dude, this is some, like, they're still the bet. They're still the elite guys of this league. They showed out. They willed this team to a win. Uh, also, again, as we mentioned earlier in the show, with Bain, he threw for 211 yards uh, with five touchdowns, zero interceptions. He did become the leading passer in the NAL. From our, my stats, the NAL stats are kind of wonky. So this is stats I've been collecting for years. Zach will, you know, agree that I've been collecting these stats for years for this <laughs> yes. league. Um, so, <laughs> so if players are trying to ask for their stats, reach out to me. I'll try to get you what I have. Uh, it may not be fully accurate, but I guarantee they're pretty close to what your numbers are. But also, you, you mentioned a guy recently in, in, in this game that should be getting more recognition, but because he's on the losing side of things over the over last couple of games, is Daquan Patton for the Albany Empire. Uh, he's over. He's had four touchdowns over the last three games and he's really just been, no one's really talking about because he's been on the losing end. He in this game didn't have that big popping yardage, uh, but he did get that 13 yard touchdown. But one thing about Dake, he also plays DB. Mm -hmm. So he made some plays there. But when you look, if you do yourself a favor, ladies and gentlemen, next time you go look at the stats, and you could tell where a team is right now as a organization. Go look at the Albany Empire stats from last week and the numbers. Like Roland Rivers went uh, went was he went eleven for nineteen, eighty six yards passing, one touchdown, four interceptions. You're not going to win games like that. Yeah, you, so. you just need you need someone that I think is a little more calm, collected, and knows yes. what. The situation is and that's the thing you know i don't know if i necessarily agree with cutting jeff legree unless something came up i mean credit the end of game situation that was uncalled for for some of the wars i know it was getting chippy it stinks yeah. for them but you don't want to to me that's where i sit there and i kind of draw a line where it's like at least you want two qbs on roster so and also i forgot to mention fabian guerra even though he didn't have a lot of receiving yards this past game, if I I might be wrong, but did he have a kickoff return in this game too? So that'd be three consecutive games that he's kick has a kickoff return for a touchdown. I will have to recheck. I don't. I know he had several long returns. He, he's been an excellent. He's been one of the brighter if, sides of. If there's the an Empire Albany fan here, please weeks. see if I'm right or not. I don't. Let me. If I look up the stats, it may take me somewhere else. Um. I don't even think they even have stats. I, I would try this week in yes. Arena Ball, yeah. which I do, which, trust me, he's he's one of our guys. By the way, check out the Discord server. Got a great community going on in there. 
Uh, he's he's one of the folks that we get to chat with on a regular basis on there. So that is three consecutive weeks for Fabian Guerra for kickoff returns. Yeah, I mean, it's a silver lining. Like Fabian Guerra, a people you know, and he's been on his own journey. CFL. He's gone to he's gone to different various other showcases for outdoor leagues. You know, when he was in the AFL, you know, bring up the old AFL days, of course. You know, he was he was co rookie of the year. You know, back with the Columbus Destroyers. Uh, along with Antoine Grant when he Warriors. went to the uh, Blackjacks. Flyers was so, Cleveland. My bad. Mm, yeah, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, I'm thinking but, out loud. My bad. I apologize. Yeah, Gara was. I was gonna say Gara was on. Gara was on the Destroyers. He was one of the bright spots there. And when Albany signed him, that was where I, my reaction was. Was yeah, that's a really good talent. Someone that hasn't been in an arena for a minute and can definitely showcase his talents and credit. I think it'll help Darren Daniel when we talk about it. We'll we'll get a little more in and we'll see what other signings come up for the empire going into their home game this week against the sharks, which will be a tough task. Nonetheless, uh, you know, I think that guys like a Patton guys like a Guerra, they just need someone can give them the ball, you know, mm-hmm. they need somebody that can get it out. Let them do the work in space. Guerra, especially Guerra's great in space. It's what makes him a great returner. He was great in, in the AFL days as a receiver as well. And would fight for every yard. There's some highlights. If you search up Fabian Guerra's highlights from the AFL days, there's a there's a touchdown he had against the Blackjacks. That I'm talking. It's five yards out. He looks like he should have his knee down at the four. This man has his right arm down on the turf, extends backwards like he's doing a backstroke. He gets four yards off of pushing his arm off the turf for a touchdown, and it's one of the best plays from that year. And it's definitely had him me given him to where he's on my radar ever since. So there are good guys. It's just, we talk about the empire. It's a lot about just being stable and just letting things play out. Uh, We can't really, you can't really bash it anymore or can't bash that home anymore because the I'm over, I've almost smoothed out all the metal on this, on this big anvil of critiques because it's it. I mean, it's a simple deal. You got to let stuff play out. This is the year that you're in now. There, there's also, no going back. <laughs> also, a little positive facts for Orlando fans here, slash Albany fans here. Uh, Darius Prince is on a 29-game touchdown streak. He has scored Easy a now. touchdown in 29 straight games. I could be wrong, but my stats are correct. It's 29 games with a touchdown. That's impressive. The record is 32, and I think he'll pass 32. Mm-hmm. To re- just to reconfirm, uh, and uh, our buddy here brought this up, uh, Roger Weiland, who's been doing great work for WNYT in New York, mm-hmm. uh, he does confirm Darren Daniel will be heading to Albany to but be did the quarterback. He really, did he really uh, just, break it's that? A, it's, a re- it's a reaffirming of it. But Do we have to do hashtag we said it first? <laughs> You can do it that way if you if you want. I mean, I'll give I'll give it credit. Roger Wyland's been doing a great job yes, covering has, the Empire this year. Time, For yeah. all the hecticness that's been going on with that franchise, mm-hmm. um, he's been one of the best ones keeping tabs on it. Um, along with Abby Rubel, who recently left the Times Union, uh, yes. she had been doing an excellent job over there, uh, giving uh, giving us facts and info for the public to kind of keep up with all the stories going on out of that team. But I think simple facts are, you know. It's kind of weird. It's a tale of two different teams. One very much in the Preds. It's it's needing to have sta- stability at QB and needs to have its veterans come together and rally the troops at the right moment, which, you know, you're going to ask your defense a lot more now with Danny Southwick. 
you know, hey, guys, we got a lot of stars and veterans on this D on this defensive unit. If we can slow them down any way, shape, or form with our opponents, we can win games. Offensively, you got the talents to run run the you got the talents to run the board as long as you give time to Danny and you let the receivers and your running back do the talking more so than not. Albany, a simple fact is we'll see how Darren Daniel goes, veteran QB, so at least that's a good step in the right direction. Someone that Mo will get knows well. Um, just going to have him and Pete Porcelli have to work on that on both those lines and trying to get some stability in moving things forward and allowing the team to grow as a unit, hoping for less cuts. That's all I can say, but we don't have control of who runs the Albany roster. We just hope that they let things play out as neat because that, that's the best case anymore. Just let things play out. Try to get the best you can out of the season because I right now it definitely feels like I would I'm near saying I know there is a chance you can see it, but I'm near saying the Empire eliminated right now. It's it's feeling that way. The math says you still can do it, but it does feel like we're not going to be seeing a playoff berth for the Empire for the first time in their history. Oh, which is you, weird to mention too. You want you you you, you, you saying playoff? I know but, it's a little early, but I but mean you, that's how I feel. <laughs> but uh, there is, I do sense it in the air. I do sense something that we like to call in our industry playoff scenario weekend. Yes, you did hear me say that right, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Playoff right. scenarios are here. I know there's a team out there, especially a team out west, that's currently tops in the division, league, conference, whatever. We're one solid league here. I'm just so used to talking about other things and other leagues, <laughs> sure. like conference and divisions and you know NBA and all of them. They have conferences, but not in the NAL. Let me get the graphic here. But for the people in San Antonio this weekend, we have playoff scenarios for the San Antonio Gunslingers. Week 11 playoff scenarios. The San Antonio Gunslingers can clinch a playoff spot with a win over West Texas and a Orlando loss. Isn't that wild? They've been playing up that well all year yes. to where we're at that point. But, I mean, it's definitely there. You know, just get a win. Preds loss would definitely be something that would have to come into play of course which just to reaffirm who the preds are playing this week they are playing the cobras so tough out it is at home for them Mm -hmm. but i imagine san antonio is going hey look we take care of business uh earlier in the weekend we could be sitting on the couch after the fact and seeing if we uh don't have to worry as much about getting the clincher that doesn't mean anything for seeding of course but at least they can say hey we're in come late July. And with Jacksonville taking a win over Albany with Orlando losing, technically Jacksonville will have the worst record they can get would be the same record that Orlando can get if they went out. That would be the same record. But Jacksonville can't clinch because Orlando has the tiebreaker of that one-point win. So right now, San Antonio can clinch a playoff spot. This doesn't mean – Number one seed, number two seed, number three. This means you're guaranteed in the dance. Seeding, it's a couple of weeks from now. Uh, because yeah, Jacksonville, Carolina are going to be down, like bearing down on you for a couple of weeks. We won't be getting into seeding 
until later in the year. But yes, San Antonio wins, Orlando loss, they're in. So one down, three to go with with six teams bound for three spots. And Jacksonville, I think, will be next week. Uh, playoff scenarios for Jacksonville will be clinching and Carolina maybe right after that too. So playoff seeds will be getting taken here pretty soon, uh, especially this week in San Antonio when the San Antonio Gunslingers host the West Texas Warbirds in the West, the Wild West Showdown, I think it's the term they're going with. So yes. the Battle of Texas got, you know, nay-nay for us. So we can't do the Battle of Texas anymore. Uh, so we have the Carolina Rumble. That's ours. And the, well, the the Clash of Empires, that really wasn't really a Clash of Empires. It was a destruction. Well, I mean, we'll get another Clash <laughs> of Empire. I mean, look, there, there's it's a different empire. Is True. Good right point. Uh, but anyways, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we'll be wrapping up here. If you have any fan questions, questions about. Ooh, good one. Um, feeling- this one's coming up for this week. We'll, we'll elaborate more on game day. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's fascinating. Cause this is like, a, so for those that have been following with the empire and I mean, there's, some, you know, there's a lot of stories, but at least in terms of coverage, but in terms of what's coming for the next game, they're doing a lot for next game. It's not only, uh, they're doing a Juneteenth night that for this weekend, but they're also combining it with a firebirds night. Um, which I is implying more kind of saluting to, you know, heroes of the Albany firebirds past, um, kind of alluding Eddie Brown might may or may not, Show up. This is more speculation. I have nothing to confirm this, but he's been teased a lot in videos in recent for promoting this night. Um, it is interesting though, because I don't know what else this implies. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm hoping maybe you see some veterans from the past. I know that that would be fascinating, but I, if anything, it'd be a good theme night for those in Albany. Cause there's a lot of, there's a lot of folks that have respect for those previous teams, especially that 1999 championship team that was out there with touchdown Eddie Brown at that time. So that'd be a good way to celebrate it, you know, and AB, you know, he is only the team son of the legendary legend himself. So, you know, I am fascinated to see what they do with it. I love throwback nights. I don't care what sport it is. I like when teams throw throwbacks, unless it's the Pittsburgh Steelers with those orange and yellow jerseys. They threw back a couple years ago. Those are like, Oh, I'm good with throwbacks, but that was like, hey, okay. Um, but I love throwback <laughs> nights. So they have another throwback that's actually pretty cool. That like they just went too far back in their throwbacks in Pittsburgh days and age. So I shout out to you, Bob, and just saying it's just that was one throwback jersey. I'm like, whoa, a little bit too far out. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, um, <laughs> I don't know yeah. if they'll do say throwbacks here. Unless they have bought them, which there's nothing that I think has been said that we know if that's Probably, happened. It'd be cool. Know. If they did it, that'd be pretty, pretty amazing, you know, to tie everything. Cause I know some folks out well, in Albany have throwback night. Yeah. They have some wild jerseys back in the day, early mm-hmm. years in Orlando. Yeah, that'd be... Oh yeah, dude. Can you imagine the Zubas? Yeah. I would, I would, I know that some people, are like, oh really, God, Zubas, retro. but I would love, <laughs> I would love a Zubas throwback night where you get the Zuba pants. Yeah. I've been really just, retro. just to have that aesthetic. Um, but Speaking of throwbacks, I know this is real throwback. Do you remember the Carolina Cobras and the original Carolina Cobras? That gold and silver. Oh, God. Would that be something cool to bring back? To get that gold and silver 
Cobra just for one time? You know, the tie-in, that'd be fascinating because they never really acknowledge, I mean, they've always acknowledged that this, they've always acknowledged this version of the Cobras has been, it's kind of really more its own separate thing. They never really acknowledged the 02 to 04. Gold, red, and black. With, with the golden cobra now if you gotta get the sticker though or you retrofit the new one you you put like a shiny metallic gold mm-hmm. on the helmet true i mean you could pull it off <laughs> so i don't know zach brown here he's still watching with us which you know appreciate you love watching us one man I, man. I wonder if he would be i actually love to see if he replies to this hey zach let us know if you uh would see if yourself in golden helmet because i mean that that is an iteration that was in the AFL days, 02 to 04. They lasted for three seasons. <laughs> they they, did, they were around for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think San Antonio has a throwback, like an old school gunslinger had. I thought I saw, I think James. Not yeah, Lawrence, they, now no. they do have the uh, USFL old logo. That's on a lot of the old merch. Actually, the, the uh, shirt that I got from uh, Alex McSwain mm-hmm. last year. That's what's on it. It's a really, it's really cool. I love how they've incorporated it, you know. Um, and a lot of the, uh, a lot of the diehard fans, you'll notice that they have those similar gear and they have yeah. that logo on there. They really do take pride in kind of having that logo in their pocket, you know. But speaking of logos and stuff, like there's, I saw a replica of this shark helmet from years ago, like from way before the existence of the nail and it's one of the coolest helmets i've ever i don't even know they even ever brought it out it's a black helmet and the only thing that's outlined is just the red of the shark Ooh. that was it and i'm like that's an awesome helmet i don't they never wore it do that like, like a that, matte black finish that'd be pretty nice that will be sweet looking like just in i have a a jaguar hat that just shows the uh the teal outline of the of the Jaguar. You saw a Colts one with a light blue. You saw a Patriots yeah, yeah. one. You know, the ones that came out last year. But that was a helmet from a couple years ago. Like, years ago. I'm like, I wonder what ever happened to that helmet. That would be something to introduce. But we can go on uniforms because... I know. Cause, I, I, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap things up because we could go on for days. Uh, yes. I will point out, thanks to This Week in Arena Ball for keeping me in check. 2000 to 2004. Thank you. Ooh. And that that's probably on arena fan. I it's find probably, that one yeah. really quick. Um, but thank you very much. So I still, I mean, and Zach saying that it would look fire. I don't know. I mean, Hey, look, if you can do it and you're able to financially feasibly do it, that's the thing. Like, oh, jerseys you know, cost I know money, that period. they do. I mean, you gotta, that's a lot. That's one thing with the arena section, you know, it's a lot more cost control benefit type of things, managing funds, using resources efficiently. Um, you know, we, we talk, I mean, we all know they got the removal patches on the name plates and things for a lot of these jerseys. It helps with cutting costs because you get to reuse as long as the jerseys are sufficient and they aren't worn down. So it's a little harder to justify retros unless you use them consistently, which I guess that'd be the argument is like, say, Hey, stick with the bundle set that you have right now. Cause I mean, we've seen some teams like, uh, for example, speaking of the Cobras, mm-hmm. speaking of the empire, you know, multiple years, they've changed Jersey designs. They get new jerseys, you know? I know so, last year they didn't have those shiny reflective numbers on there on the front yeah. and back. I would have remembered that. <laughs> I know those are brand new. But <laughs> I was going to say, ladies and gentlemen, join our Discord page. The link is in our description or go to our Twitter account uh, because uh, this week in the Arena Ball, he is a user in there. He is dropping currently in our Discord throwbacks of a lot of these jerseys that we're just mentioning that would be pretty unique if the current NAL teams. 
um, bring, you know, not really bring back, but might, you know, have interest in the future to do so. It'd be pretty cool um, to bring back some of the history. And one thing about our game, the Iron Man game that we play in the National Arena League, it's the real way to play arena football. Iron Man, Chris Siegfried has been pushing this rule, uh, this type of game, fought it for the Nets for months or years, finally got it this year. It's taken a couple of weeks. Now the game is at where it's at. Um, so one thing about the arena ball, we look in the past and we see the great times and, you know, the great moments. And we look in the future as a fan and as a person that brings you this show with Zach every single week. I want to say to the listeners, bright future ahead for the National Arena League. Remember, go to the sources that know the information, not the people who find something in the wind, grab is, oh, this is the story. Trust the sources. The people who know the information. Trust us. They give you more information about the National Arena League. Um, but overall, jerseys, games, Devin Wilson, episode 110. Holy cow. Um, game day coming up in a couple of days. Three games. All at the same time besides one. I think San Antonio kicks off an hour after everyone else. Yeah, they're a little, little split apart, so you kind of can jump into yeah. one, and then if you want to multi-screen it like we right. do, you know, throw them up there. Um, hey, guys, uh, big, epi- big long episode. For those that stick around for us with these long live streams, you guys Appreciate are the man. It, I mean, yes. seriously, we've been on for almost two hours, and uh, it's always fun. We got such a dedicated group of guys that love talking arena or listen to us chat about these shows, whether it's previews or reviews coming up so i always appreciate the support i got a comment to our listeners the 15 people do you like our hype videos for each week and should we continue those hype videos yes or no Mm. if you say no don't care i'm still doing it but i just don't know i want your opinion about what what you think about the hype videos so does it bring more to the game do you think we're doing a good thing of presenting these hype video for the game of the weeks because i know a couple players have reached out and said that's pretty cool that's awesome Devin's a big supporter. Um, everyone else I know that I've talked to with players, um, they like it. I just want to see what you, the fans, like. Do you like the hype videos? Do you want us? Um, we're looking for the theme for the song for this week. Send us a theme song that you guys think may fit the Wild West Showdown in San Antonio. Mm. Little River Rock. I'm hearing a little. Or what's, what's the one I did earlier this week that made everyone laugh um, in the Discord? Oh, Wild Wild West. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> going way Smith. too. No, I can't sing. I'm not going to sing. Wild Wild West. <laughs> no. Um, more high videos. The good, the bad, yeah, that's the good, bad, and the ugliest one I've, I was thinking too. Um, maybe mix a couple of them. I, I, I may toy, like tease in one song and that would not be the song. So, yeah, probably do that too. All right. Well, I think this is I think this is a good point to sign sign yep. off, uh, folks. Thanks for ch- chiming in. Uh, also appreciate Chim- the well, you know, tuning in, chiming oh, in. Oh, I thought you said something. <laughs> Never mind. Ignore me. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to this Sorry. edition of Inside the Walls and sticking through our I'm usual fun. Mi- I'm Ron Burgundy. That that's the that my equivalent of that was not opening my mic up to start the show. <laughs> So I will gladly take that fall. Um, anyhow, 
Um, be sure to support us at you in walls pod on your favorite social media pay pages, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, by the way, we're close to a thousand followers on our Facebook page. Just a heads up. Um, if imagine if we could hit one K by the end of the season, like I'm talking like championship written one K followers, that'd be incredible. Yes. I mean, we, we've really made a lot of ground on social this year. Uh, you guys have really been spreading the word and we cannot thank you enough. It's been growing consistently and we love seeing it and we love the passion that you guys show for mm -hmm. this show. So yeah, follow us on there. If you haven't subscribed yet and you're jumping on the live stream right now as a newbie, a lot of these guys we know are veterans, but if you're a newbie and you're on fa Facebook or on Twitter, or you're jumping on YouTube for the first time, hit that subscribe button. You know, click that big bell icon, um, as we've said on another show that I do, builds morale, but also you get reminded when we jump all these videos, you know, YouTube doesn't always help out a lot. So does help if you hit the bell. Uh, and then finally, guys, you know, as we said, go support anything to help out or to give, you know, kind of kind of thoughts and prayers for Jonathan Bain to kind of, you know, his prog progress back. As he said, Jacksonville and Orlando fan bases have been putting things out especially coming up this week to help out with those efforts. But the entire community has been stepping up and making, you know, basically making that known that they are in, in force towards that good. So, you know, be sure to look out, help them give the support where you can. It's anything's nice, you know, and we know Jonathan will be very appreciative mm -hmm. of that. He already loves this community. He loves hearing from you guys. So without that, I think we're good to go, except of course, for the final thing, as we always got to say, you got to remember folks, we got one thing you got to leave with. And, uh, as we always joke about Trayvon shorts, you got to remember this too, buddy. I ain't letting you go from earlier in this year. Remember one thing you got to do. Don't be a Jack out of the box. <laughs> See you next time guys. Catch you for our, catch you for our game day episode, week 11 edition, pushing towards more of the decisive possible locks for playoffs weird that we're talking about that but mm -hmm. week 11 game day coming up friday we'll catch you then enjoy your week guys and uh see you on the other side Feel like I'm 22, you know I'm 305 Got on my body, I got everybody in a job Somebody hit the light camera, let me improvise Can I get a hey. hallelujah, more moolah More peace for my medulla, the whole crew up, yeah hey. Louis Prada, Dundada, top flow Come take a ride up with the rider I came up from the bottom You have no idea You can't swap through my story Write my name in his story oh, Came back to life. Hell yeah, right. Who's gonna stop me now? Oh, what a night. Yeah, sing it. I can't even lie. What a time to be alive. Drinks in the sky. That's the high, high, high. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. Tell the world. away all the pain of yesterday i know my kingdom awaits and they've forgiven my mistakes i'm coming home i'm coming home tell the world i'm coming Represent for the 905, Duval County, here we go. Come on.
We setting the city on fire. Shout out my city one time for my side. Not on for that's the day. Covering all your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast with Zach Heilman and Jim Bernier.